to an unexpected episode of Not The 92. We're going to call this a Not The 92 Extra because we don't normally do more than one uh, weekly episode. But this week, we've been forced to do another one. And here's why. Apart- Let's just say the best part of when we recorded this 90 minutes ago, the National League have come out with their resolutions or what we like to call scandalous decision-making to the situation regarding 19, 18 clubs, to be precise, in both the National League and National League North and South over rule-breaking throughout the season. You may remember on our previous shows, we've talked about the clubs that broke the protocol in regards to fixtures and not fulfilling them. Dover not being able to themselves fulfill football fixtures at National League level and curtailing their season a few weeks ago. Jim Bamman saying he's not going to put them into debt. He's not going to give them a hard... He's not going to give the club a difficult time paying it. The clubs in National League North and stuff couldn't play because they couldn't financially survive. And numerous protests were being made, not only on social media, but from actual MPs in the government, to, in the parliament as well, to continue the season. Unfortunately, today, the National League have not seen sense and have dished out the necessary punishments, which they feel each club deserves. So, first of all, let's say hello to Tom. Tom, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Ahmed. But uh, by this news, I'm flabbergasted. Uh, I'll get into more detail. There might be a little bit of a rant coming towards the National League, so there's a little bit of a spoiler for... Your listeners, but personally, I, I'm fine. But with this news, uh, I'm on the opposite scale. I'm I, I'm I'm not fine with this news. I agree. And a bit of a scoop for you: we have actually got a National League South manager coming up this week. No spoilers as to who it is just yet. But we are going to get a very good vibe on Monday when we record that podcast. Another not nine two extra. Uh, about the matter at hand for clubs in the National League South, not only financially, but also in the general scheme of the competition and how particularly this manager would feel towards them. I'm sure it's not just him. It is a variety of clubs. And I've said once before, and I'll say it again, they have been the victims in the situation, not the National League. So the main reason we're doing this show today once again, the National League have come out with a statement on the resolutions, or the dis- as what we like to call, uh, for lack of better, a better phrase, uh, complete rubbish and nonsense regarding the situation around surrounding 18 clubs. Now, two of them, well, for, just to get that out of the way, were breaking COVID-19 protocols during the season. The first of which was, was given, first of which was for Kinsley, and the other was for Southport. Each of them had been given £2,000 fines. Now, that's understandable because the rules are set in stone. You don't break them. And if you do, the penalty for that is understandable. But still, that's just the crux of the problem. 16 clubs in step two have been... We'll start with that first. 16 clubs in step two have been given fines and deducted points for the next season they play in for not fulfilling fixtures between the period of which the league suspension came to an end, which is the two-week suspension after the clubs agreed not to play for a couple of weeks to save money, when the league, and when the league start, asked them to start playing again, no, loads of clubs didn't play. And that was just based on the fact they simply couldn't afford either to host the games or travel to the opposing team's ground, and et cetera, et cetera. So paying the players was impossible, and staff being asked to go to games was very difficult for these clubs. It was a hard act for them to follow. The National League, of, as you clearly can see, have no sympathy in this matter. Fines ranging from £1,400 to £8,000 in addition to a suspended points deduction for the 2021-22 playing season has been issued to each member club found guilty. Given the extremely unusual circumstances that have affected football at all levels and the financial pressures at the absence of spectators has brought to bear on clubs, the panel expresses sympathy with the club's predicament. However, the panel also believes it must also regard 
the fact that the majority of clubs continued to fulfill fixtures and incur much cost until the league ended officially, this is when the vote was made to contain it, on the February, on 19th of February. Per breach, each club received a £2,000 fine and a suspended two-point deduction for the 21-22 playing season. The number of matches the clubs did not play will be tallied up by each uh, Num- amount of money that they had uh, by £2,000. So, say, for example, in Dulwich's predicament, they didn't play four matches. That's £8,000. And on top of that, two points is eight points. They will be uh, deducted for the start of next season. So, they will start not on zero, but on minus eight. Harsh, in my opinion, and very disgraceful. The biggest news, however, is as we have been previously focusing on since the end of the National League North and South, is the National League itself. What will happen to Dover Athletic? Dover, a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago, decided to avoid going into debt. And Chairman Jim Paramenter left the National League board and moved and also asked to move all footballing matters for Dover Athletic away for a period of time while the financial situation was sorted out. In the end, they could not afford to play football, and it led to them ceasing their footballing matters for the, for the remaining part of the season, if necessary, unless something came out of the blue. Nothing came out of the blue. So matches were being postponed left, right, and centre. And as the weeks wore on, the questions were getting asked, what will happen to them? Well, today we found out the answer. Today, as of this very, as of five o'clock this afternoon, we are recording at six thirty-eight on Friday evening. An independent panel ruled that Dover Athletic are deemed guilty of four breaches of Rule eight point three nine for failure to meet fixed obligations between the sixteenth of February and the twenty-seventh of February, roughly the same period as the National League North and South clubs that were charged for. The club, however, will no longer play any part of the remaining. 2020 or 21 playing season where the club's existing National League matches or results that they participated in all expunged. A 12-point deduction for the 21-22 season and a fine of £40,000. Let me repeat that for you, everybody. £40,000 have been additionally issued to the club. The panel had regard to the financial information provided by Dolapetic and fully respected the responsibility of the club's directors under company law. However, the panel also had to consider the integrity of the competition and the actions of Dolapetic in relation to the other 22 clubs that continue to incur much costs as they fulfill their fixtures. Dover Athletic had avoided costs by not completing their season alongside the other 22 clubs. In addition, the National League Basic Award meant they were significantly benefiting from not completing the season compared to the 22 clubs that continued. The panel concluded that the three points per breach should be deducted from the club's record in the playing season of 2021-22. In view of the current financial situation and in order to reflect the approach taken in other cases, Breach of breaches rule by 839 independent panel reduced the initial fire by 20% to 40,000. Absolute pugwash. This is the most scandalous thing we have as football fans ever heard from the National League. Now, I am a terrible mathematical person, but even me, I think 40,000 pounds is way too much. It's a scandalous fee to charge a club for not fulfilling their fixtures, especially with the predicament that Dover Athletic are in. Paramount promised they wouldn't go into debt, regardless of how much it was. And unfortunately, for a matter that is out of his hands, he has. Now, Tom, I know you've been itching at the bit, like me, to throw it all out there. This is your platform. The stage is yours, my friend. Oh, but at least it wasn't uh, 50k, you know, so that, that's nice them, isn't it? Clubs can't play because they're short of money. So guess what? Oh, our logic is we're going to make them pay even more money. It's, it's disgusting from the National League. I'm totally behind all the non-league clubs that have been uh, affected. The, the, the directors of the National League should resign with immediate effect. I'm going straight in with, with that. The National League board is not fit for purpose and simply, my opinion, cannot justify, you know, the, the, this punishment. You know, all, all because a club wanted to secure its future in these uncertain times, the board should be ashamed of this, you know, this decision. There's, there's a pandemic, there's no fans, there's no promised grants and, and no COVID testing, you know, which might bankrupt clubs, but, you know, National League saying rules are rules. These damn rules there, which they're just sticking to, like, are you not flexible enough? Like, 
look at the circumstances, but they're incompetent. They're absolutely incompetent. This, for a lot of people I've seen tonight, for fans of National League clubs, and just people looking in from the outside, is the final straw for this National League board. There's no doubt about it, in my opinion. I agree, and it has been what we like to say, the writing has been on the wall for a long time now. We made a similar rant when we restarted our recordings back in the start of 2021 when we started hearing about the situation escalating in the National League North and South and the fact that clubs simply could not afford to be able to play matches in the middle of the pandemic. On top of the fact, they were, I think, the lesser beneficiaries of the National Lottery funding from the start of the season. Ultimately, this was always going to fall back on their, on their heads and it wasn't, gonna, it wasn't ever going to be the club's fault. They are the victims here. Let's stress that from the outset. They have never been in any situation made to look like they are the ones responsible. It's always been the National League who have the overall uh, running of the league and the club's interests at heart, but they don't demonstrate them enough to prove that they care. And this is another example of, of numerous occasions this season of them not giving a crap. And it's a hard hard thing to believe for even for me and Tom who have done this for all, for a long for a little while now i feel sorry for those clubs all of those who have been charged and it is a shame that it has come down to this but i feel that this we we're not going to hear the last of this that's for sure but we have come down to the fact that they are as incompetent as they say they as they seem to look and the numerous decisions that have been made by the people over there just um, even further go on to prove that they seem to be as brainless and as incompetent and as you know selfish, more importantly, about the money side of the game than they, see, than they say they are. So, like Tom says, and I'm in solidarity with him in this matter, the National League board are a disgrace to the game that we support and love. And I feel like they have not done the club's fair justice by determining this at the two levels below the National League, especially to the Dover situation, because Dover decided that they simply couldn't survive. And the last thing they needed was this to be on, put on top of their heads and also to struggle in, next, in the next season. I don't, what we don't know from the uh, statement um, is that they don't, we don't know what league they're going to play next season. Are they going to be a National League club or not? That's something we haven't even been able to determine just based on the fact they've only had 12 points deducted from their record. For me, Tom, it's a right or yeah. We It's just, I don't know. Things are still up. Like It's mental. They put out this statement and yet we're already talking about something that's still up in the air. It's like, you've had so much time to sort this. We've been saying on podcasts week after week after week, everything to do with the National League is still dragging on. And... Here we are, weeks later, and it's just the same position. You know, how, how are these decisions helping the member clubs? Like, do National League honestly believe that you know they're helping advance the sport here? You know, they have a duty to care. They have a duty to care to you know to, to to their member clubs, and their sole purpose is to serve the best interest of their member clubs. You know, and this decision doesn't neither. The, the National League are find, finding clubs for their own incompetence. You know. And I think I've seen a couple of people ask tonight, you know, the FA, are they going to do anything about it now? Are they just going to, no, under the carpet, got, we've done our stuff for the National League, you know, cooperating with them. We've got nothing else to do with them for the, for, for the time being. I, and, I, and I agree, people. I think, yeah, these should be going to, the, you know, the, high, the highest people in the game, in the English game, which is the FA, to see what can be done about this, you know. And this is just another horrible choice in the chain of complete disasters for the National League. You know, the board seem blind to the issues, you know, clubs are encountering this season. And and the board are rightly being recognised as not fit for purpose. You know, I think people are asking, will we see any changes? And I, I've got to admit, for you, I think we ask pretty much anyone's honest opinion, as much as they want changes, it's unlikely. And that is the biggest issue. Mm, I agree. I feel now... If there have, as if there's been an example to demonstrate how incompetent they are and how little they care for clubs, in no matter what level or in, in this division particularly, not just the Premier or the North and the South, but if it's, it shows how little they care about 
supporting them in a difficult situation rather than just cover their own they rather than cover the other team's tails they cover their own and you know sweep away the tracks that they leave behind so that no one can follow them out of the mire that they're currently in it is just careless and frankly we here at this especially on this podcast but also as Fans of the division and clubs involved feel very, very hard done by by this decision. It is a disgrace. It is the most shambolic thing I think I've seen in football. It's been like, I've seen Couchapoli happen. I've seen the World Cup scandals, the draws and all that stuff. All these things that they, these race things seem to be happening in front of our eyes. I don't think I can compare those in any way to what we've just experienced with the National League. It is the foulest thing we've seen in football, it, as far as as long as I've lived. I don't know if it's been like this is the history of the game. It could be worse. I don't know, Tom. I have not lived 180 years, but yeah, you look at the National League's handling of literally pretty much everything this season, from the funding controversy to this today. It's been an absolute state. You know, placing fines on clubs for putting safety first isn't a great look at all, but especially considering you know, the financial issues that clubs are facing. You would think they'd probably have, you know, another think about this one. But no, they've just gone in <laughs> tonight with this ridiculous statement, which almost left me speech when I, when I first saw it. And also, you know, a genuine question. Can you get fined for not playing games in a season? That didn't happen. Exactly. <laughs> it's been null and void. That's another question people are asking. You know, oh, the, the state of this National League board at, at times is an absolute farce. Killing non-league clubs during a, a pandemic and handing out fines for a laugh, you know, knowing full well these clubs can't afford it with no fan income, it's it's hideous. It is distressful, and again, our sympathies, mine, Tom's, and every all friends of the podcast, we all our hearts go out to you. We give a shit, and to be honest, and we don't. I don't swear very often on these things, but we give a shit. We think you guys deserve fair treatment. If we were lobbying for the National League board, me and Tom, we'd have radical ideas. And we've also spoken about this on the podcast before. Ways to encourage the National League to look good. If we were in charge, we'd have thought of much better things. But at the end of the day, we're just two blokes that love the game and we care more about it than the National League do. And it's not just us. There are obviously many other people who do stuff like this that give a damn as well. And I feel like they're just as hard done by as we are by what's happened this evening. So... You know, I hate this, and it really is becoming a right old shambles in the grand context of not only the way this league is run from top to bottom, but also you just start to feel for those who are employed by clubs. They are giving up livelihoods or they work hard. They've either been dropped down levels because they have been unfortunate in chasing a dream at a top level in football. They've come down to the National League to find a way to escalate their career one step further. We've seen examples of that with recently last year, Ollie Watkins scored for England. He comes from Western Supermare and they're in the National League North at some point. There is, that's a brilliant example. Many talents of today's game have come from the level we love to watch. And regardless of whether it's in the middle of a grass field in the, in the winter or when it's packing at Wembley in the summertime at night in front of 20,000, 20, even if it isn't full, you still feel something. And the fans of these clubs, hard done by. The players, hard done by. Those that work hard, the volunteers, they're hard done by. And I feel like if you need an excuse now to stand up and tell these people that run this league that they're no longer the most competent people in this, in this level, then your opportunity has finally arrived, in my opinion. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that, Ahmed. Um, and it's a great example about Ollie Watkins as well. Stuff these non-league clubs do for football in terms of developing players that will impact the elite game. You know, Ollie Watkins score for, you know, the, the national team. <laughs> you know, sometimes it just doesn't get, it doesn't get any more bigger than that for, for a football player. And, and the, you know, the non-league club has helped them along his way. And that's just one of many examples. And, you know, I just feel so sorry for, for clubs that are let down by by the people above and, that, and they don't deserve it. There's so much so much more better than that you know the National League and the independent board say that they have sympathy but then they still go and charge clubs who've, who've had a huge financial outlay if they you know if they had to play the games you know what about supporting the clubs during this time been speaking for you know weeks you know for so many weeks on it about the lack of support for these clubs and I can't stress again we're in a pandemic and 
clubs are suffering financially and you know, look at this level as well, where you know money for TV coverage isn't isn't high at all. But they're just going to go ahead and and find clubs more money for for trying not to go bust and save some money. And and another thing as well, like Dover, what motivation are they actually going to have to play in the National League like next season after the way they'll they'll feel like they've been trapped? <laughs> you know, I think that's another question that'll certainly be playing on their minds as well. Mm, I agree, and I have uh, a fr- old school friends of mine who used to play for Leatherhead that plays at Dover now. I don't keep in contact with him very much, but I'll go and see if I can get a word out of him about what's happened because he was there this season before everything went wrong. And I, for sure, I was happy to know that he got the move because it would mean I'd see him at national level. He played well for Leatherhead last season and got the opportunity to play this year with Dover. I don't think he made one appearance in the league this season, but for one or two, I think. But at the same time, I feel like it is a horrible thing for the club as a whole in their situation to have fallen into this trap. They don't deserve this. They have, they have been very good members of the National League. They've been very welcoming members of the National League. I'm sad from, in my personal opinion, I don't know if we'll get to go to the travel next season. I'm sure at one point I'd love to go and see what it's like over there, just from a point of view as a fan and someone who cares about this game. I do believe that there is uh, there is some good people there. And from from what I've heard from various people in the game, they are a family club like many are in the National League and around the many divisions. They care about the community. They try and engage them in football, get the local uh, uh, young players in to try and develop their game at the at the stadium. They've been having plans like many to go 3G. So there's been so much going on. But ultimately, they they are just the victims here. And the fact that they've been given such a hefty penalty. The least that we would have liked them to have is if they, if we know they're not going to play again this season, just take the results away. Okay, that's fair. But the money, the treat, the financial burden yep. on their shoulders—that's too much. I feel you've Brutal. gone one step too far there. Yep, I, I couldn't agree more, Ahmed. It's it's so ill thought out from the National League, and it's like we're going to really stick the knife in here. We're, you, you're not just getting. You're not just getting your results taken away and you know not taking part this season. We're going to affect you more long term. 40k fine, a 12 point deduction. What optimism are Dover fans going to have? What hope? You know what, what, what hope they're going to be feeling at the moment? And the the board for the for the stance they've taken, they just feel like they've just been punished for it for for the for a stance which is completely logical due to the National League's you know incompetence, but. Naturally, they feel like they're they're blameless, and you know they're always right, and they, they want to make an example of clubs, which is extremely wrong. I, I, it's just it's hard, Tom, for not just me and it's you as well. It's hard for us to consider this in a serious, in a non-serious light. We're very, you know, we're a bit banterish here on this podcast, and yeah. we tend to look at everything from a good point of view. But we also look at it from the but we try to look at things critically and from the negative side. And this is beyond the negative. This is probably the greatest example of football being run by fat cats instead of the people that give a shit. And that's just the horrible thing we are encountering, unfortunately. I wish and I do really care about these the, the, the situation they're in. I wish there were more competent people running this game, not just at this level, but higher up. Because it's not just here, it's, in a, it's a problem in EFL, it's a problem at the, in the Premier League, at the FA, at UEFA and at FIFA. It just goes beyond even our level. But there are problems creeping up at all levels of the game. And we can't root them all out in one day. Unfortunately, that's just... It's the stone core reality. One thing can't change everything for football. You can introduce the VARs or the or the little technology bits that help in the biggest stages, but they're never going to change anything at this level. This is pure hard football. And no matter what, 
you could you could give it the gloss it you, you feel it deserves it will never be replaced you'll never be able to replace the raw feeling you get when a team does well or a team does succeed and probably deserve more than just the treatments that they're getting right now i know it's not just over all these come this season have been played like puppets and except for the odd you know the odd full-time club where they are able to have some solid wealth and they can manage on the finances they have so not to name i have to name and share with you and i'm not saying it's particularly aimed at you guys but you are the, they are the beneficiaries in a sense you have your Wrexhams, your Notts counties your stockports uh the chesterfields of this world they are all fortunate enough to have something in the bank to be able to survive on and not worry about too much not just by name but because of the fact that they are lucratively chased after Unfortunately, there are those that the, the haves, they're the haves. The have-nots are the ones that struggle and they're working hard. The top of the league at the moment is currently taken over by a club that is one of the have-nots. They may have been, they're one of those that are, you know, in the past have been a have in a sense. They did well in the FA Cup, made good money from it and moved, and moved on with their lives. And yes, they came close in 2018. This year, they could, they're coming close again. But they're one of the have-nots. Another one would be Bromley. We'll get onto them later on. Uh, Bromley as well are a have-not. They've struggled in the past. We've seen Eastleigh that are struggling financially too. Bear, bear, various clubs are suffering this season. I'm not, I, I don't think it's a matter of just the fact it is also not just the league. Some clubs are just fortunate. And I feel like, the again, the have-nots are the ones that suffer more here too than the ones that do have it. Yes, all clubs are affected by the actions of a, a bogus board and an idiot and an idiot chairman. But also, you have the look at each league and think, there are clubs that have it and then there are clubs that don't. And there are the fortunate ones, which are the haves, they're able to just say, well, it affects us a little bit because we lose one or two points. But outside of that, do we give a damn? Yeah, exactly. Um, really? It's like the way the National League thinks. They just think like everyone, like the, the, the fines they're handing out, they must think that everyone in this league is made of money. <laughs> and that, as you've been saying there, Ahmed, that isn't the case at all. Like, the, the, you know, the National League just need a complete, complete rethink. Like, the, it, there needs to be a new direction for, for this league, without a doubt. Now, as I said at the start, I feel like this is the final straw. There's, there's just, there's no coming back from, you know, a night like this really. Uh, and I think, just judging by the reactions, fans have, have really had enough, and I like really, really had enough. There's, there's already, there's already been, you know, rumbling, you know, stuff going wrong from the last summer, but. Uh, you look at the timeline of, of events. This is the one I think everyone's going to pinpoint. I think you have really crossed the line here. There's, you've really shown your true, true colours now. So I, <laughs> I was, I was just speechless. As I said, I was speechless when I first, first saw it. You know, probably what the what nearly two hours ago since the statement came out. I'd yeah, just be, you know, it took me a long time just to gather my thoughts and think, what am I going to say about this? Because Again, I just really, really feel for clubs that have been affected by it. And my thoughts go out to everyone at the club and obviously including the heart and soul of every club, um, which is the fans and the, and the volunteers and the real key people like that who just love the football clubs. And they're just being let down by people above who care nowhere near as much. So oh, Yeah, so. it is just outrageous. Um, well, to be honest, we, we're breathless. We are breathless at the fact that um, we're breathless at the fact that it's affecting clubs not only at the top level, but it is the National League North and the South. They are more or less the biggest victims of all of this. We know Dover have had it hard and they don't deserve the fine. We know their results are gonna, uh, would have affected the final table. And in the end, they have. We're going to also get onto that quickly on the show this evening. Uh, as well as other news that's popped up in the last few days. But there, there has been an overwhelming, you know, outpour of sympathy, as Thomas stressed, from many clubs. And 
for me, I'm, the local club that I have to this, where I live here in South London, is Dover. Is it Dover? Unfortunately, it's Dulwich Hamlet. They're ten minutes down the road from where I live. Uh, they're the, probably the ones that have suffered not the most, but will have suffered more in the sense that they try their best to give a, uh, a damn about their club surviving and doing the best they can, like everyone else does. And they, uh, it was also on this show we gave them a, a bit of a shout out for the thread that they released in regards to the financial situation regarding clubs in the National League. And the general scope of it being, if you do something wrong, then we don't like it at the National League, so you can't do it. You can't take loans out because it's against the rules. You can't play youth team because it's not fair for sporting integrity. You can't do, you can't not play football because you're going to incur fines and penalties that will affect you next season. And ultimately, the latter has transpired. And at some point, I will go over there and get a piece from them just to speak about their club and how they feel about the situation. I'm, a good, I'm sure they'll be very welcoming because they are very outspoken members of the community. They had plans to build the stadium, like a bit up, build up the stadium of Champion Hill, just a little bit more after the FA Cup success recently. But look, that money goes. That money goes on paying the players, the keeping the stadium. They've been away from there for so long and they've only just got back in there. So the last thing they want to do is go away again. Uh, but yeah, uh, Tom, what, mine is Dulwich, as you'll know. Your local club in the National League North and South is? Uh, Dover, funny enough. Um, so, yeah, what, about half an hour, 40 minute drive from them. So, yeah, um, one of the most hugely affected clubs um, by this. And as I said, what they're going to be thinking going forward now, this is, it's just, this is the mother of all bombshells, you know, you know dropped on them. And, you know, they're, they're one of the, you know, I'm in, in the Kent region, they're certainly up there and certainly where I live, you know, the, the seaside part of, part of Kent, they are like the, the biggest club. And, you know, it's, it's hugely worrying now that their future is pretty uncertain at this point and how can they move forward? And they've just, they've just been, they've just been completely mistreated by the powers above you just they just don't care do they they really don't as you said Ahmed they, they, like clubs must feel so trapped like you can't do this you can't do that without getting a, a fine it's, they're just like you. this is unprecedented circumstances you like you can't get on you know with with life as normal <laughs> like it, it's just impossible and Nationally, you're like, no, it is our rules. No, we're not, we're not changing. You're just going to have the punishments and have to deal with it in these circumstances, which clubs simply can't afford it. Hence why clubs really needed loans. And we talked about that for ages and nothing really materialised from that. And, and that hence why a reason Dover really ended up, 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 you know, ended up in this position, to be honest, because they, they just couldn't afford it. That's how to stop playing. You know, for for a statement to nationally, you maybe think nationally headquarters right. We need we need to come up with a better resolution. They really need help here. No, uh, let's just make an example of them. So, yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. So yeah, Dover, my <laughs> it's fine enough actually. Both of our local national league clubs um, <laughs> have been clubs that have been hugely affected um, by the decisions that come out today. So. Yes, it is awful. It is very sad. I don't think we've, you know, in my lifetime in football, as I've said, I've seen scandals. I've seen the doping scandals that we've seen years ago by the capture poly scandal, scandal in Italy with Serie A and match fixing aplenty. Uh, we've had the World Cup bidding being sort of conspired, the FIFA issues. All these scandals that I've been alive for have been, you know, I'd say big news. But I don't think they deserve the publicity that this does. This is huge, in my opinion, for the national game, as it is many people who give up a, da a lot of their time, money, and also maybe even their, maybe even their livelihoods to support them in through thick and thin. Whether it is just being a steward at the ground or helping clear the snow after uh, a hard night in the winter for a match to be played on the, the same day, you have a lot of you have a lot of challenges there, and unfortunately, 
it is the minority, like the ones we mentioned, the, Do- the, the Dovers, the Dulwiches, and the other 14 clubs that were, in, that were fined for not fulfilling fixtures, that are the victims here. I feel like those that have got away with it, though, this is a big warning for them. This is also something that they need to just be wary of. Uh, whether it is the, the Gloucesters, the Fylds, or the Dawkins and St. Albans of this world in the north and the south, they want to fulfill fixtures, but at the same time, this season means nothing to them now because they can only they can only look back at it and think, well, we could have made it this year, but we've now seen what happens if we decided not to go ahead. So next season, it's probably better we just, you know, keep money a little more money in our wallets rather than spend it all on a lucrative signing or anything like that. I'm sure there will a lot of these clubs will learn the lessons from what has happened today, for example. And that, yeah, I hope this is something that will enhance the game for the better for the clubs. For the higher up level, though, until change happens there, I don't know what we can say about it. So we've talked about, we've ranted it, we've given it the right on abuse it deserves. Now we need to talk about how it has affected each the, the National League because it's the only league that is going on right now. And Dover played a fair, fair amount of teams this season. However, some teams were lucky and some teams weren't. Sutton and Hartlepool, first and second in the National League, don't lose any points. They didn't play Dover this season. So they will remain first and second. They don't lose a game or gain any points. However, the teams below them have. And in particular, Hartlepool, who, Hartlepool, sorry, Torquay and um, Stockport County, who both beat Dover, have lost three points. So they'll gain a match back on, from the results being expunged, but they lose three match, three points. And now that puts the teams further behind in the hunt for promotion. The table as it reads tonight, following the results, the resulting uh, motions from the National League are that Sutton are on 60 points, having played 28. Hartlepool on 31 matches with 56 points. Torquay United are on 51 with 28 played. Stockport County are on 47 with 28 played. Notts County also lo- get a game back this, after losing on the opening day to Dover, but they are now uh, very far, 14 points behind. Wrexham also beat Dover and they've lost three points. Halifax Town are in the playoffs still with Eastleigh, Chesterfield and Bromley rounding off the rest, of the, the rest of the spots. Just to look at the results that Dover had before their matches were expunged, the other teams that gain points back are, or matches back are Yeovil, uh, that lose points, Yeovil lose points, Solihull lose points, Wrexham lose points, as I mentioned, Dagenham lose points, Woking lose points, Kingsland, uh, in fact, working through six points, they beat Dover twice this season. So that's a big loss for them in their hopes of getting into their playoffs. Altrincham also lose three points. Uh, we mentioned Torquay United. Uh, Aldershot lose three points. Probably beat them 4-1 earlier this season, and they've also lost points. Make of that what you will. The table, as updated, is available on social media or will be updated on the correct, on your preferred uh, league site. But, Tom, that's a huge um, shift in the race for promotion, it gives Sutton a bigger lead uh, over Torquay and uh, Stockport now, which is, a huge, which is important for them. It now means, but unless, you know, bearing things do, uh, bearing an unthinkable collapse, which I don't think was, is considered at this point, they look like the team that are running away with it at the moment with Hartlepool. Yeah, and for Sutton now... I think this is a real chance for, for, for them to to take control. I mean, it's, it's gotten for, for Torquay and, and Stockport. You know, you look at them, and they've been clubs recently as well that have been gaining some some real good momentum. Um, and Furness Hartlepool also team that have been gaining some good momentum after a little bit of a sticky patch. Yeah, Ahmed, Sutton Hartlepool now, looking at the table, it really looks like them two are going to... Really, the two that that could take command. I mean, Torquay still have uh, got the free games in hand uh, on Hartlepool, um, but I think one of Torquay's big fixtures, say Sutton, carry on this amazing form. Torquay have got to keep up, and they'll be looking at that big fixture, obviously, uh, in the middle of uh, um, the upcoming month. Um, you know, at Gander Green Lane, that that's got to be that's a real must must win if Sutton's form doesn't dip at all and. And if you know, as I said, if Sutton's form didn't dip all, it's huge pressure on Torquay, and 
and people forget as well, like second and third, are, 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 you know, they're pretty big places to get. Um, that gets you home ties in the, the National League playoff semifinals. So obviously that's that's a big impact um, as well. Certainly if you're looking at Stockport situation, that's a you know that's a real killer blow. That that, that might be three points, um, maybe for either Torquay or Stockport. That 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 makes a huge difference. And and again, looking at the playoff, um, you know, Chase, that that's that's a hammer blow for Bromley. Um, obviously, it's been a pretty interesting week for them, losing uh, to Sutton, and of course, um, Neil Smith uh, losing his job there. So it's certainly a week at Bromley, which uh, you know hasn't been uh, hasn't been a born one and. You know, certainly hasn't been short of things to, to talk about. Now they, as you said, Ahmed, they now lie in the tenth position. Um, so they've moved down three places again. That, that could be massive uh, at the end of the season. That, you know, for Halifax now, that, that's a pretty big game um, tomorrow between Halifax and Sutton. You know, obviously top of the table and versus the team uh, going to the team who's occupying the, the last uh, playoff position. So here it's. It's um, points like these taking off. Uh, you know, it really gives that table a different feel now because you know that's that's a five-point gap now to Hartlepool and Torquay. So that puts even more pressure on Torquay to make the most of those games in hand, and that puts even more pressure on that fixture at Gangreen Lane. So really, I mean, straight away it stands out to me. Torquay and Bromley are the, are the big standout ones. Um, looking at the table that have been effective. Obviously, yeah, you got to take Stockport um, into account as well. So. Yeah, I mean, those clubs, they must be so, so frustrated. But I think they'll have sympathy with Dover as well. I think I think clubs will see what Dover did. And um, I don't think they'll make Dover feel bad about it. But at the same time, I think the clubs will still be obviously pretty annoyed that, um, you know, the, the points have been taken off. And I don't know, maybe they felt like could there have been a resolution where just Dover... Uh, lose their points, but as you said, Ahmed, for and I, you know, I spoke, I spoke about this before as well about the sport and integrity. Yeah, you know, if, if a club was to get promoted without having those points taken off, then it, all the clubs around them will be uh, not happy. So I think someone's always got to lose in the situation. Unfortunately, you know, for it's really impacted the likes of Torquay, Bromley, and Stockport. Yeah, and you stressed obviously Bromley situation, Bromley who occupied the final playoff spot at the time of the deductions being made have dropped to 10th in the league now, which a huge, huge trough uh, uh, for them, a huge drop for them. Eastley and Chesterfield both move up a spot, made header up to 11th, all should drop into 13th. You have Notts County jumping above Wrexham now, they're in 5th place in the league, at the virtue of Wrexham losing those three points, and you mentioned Halifax in 7th in the playoffs now, thanks to that uh, shuffle. But um, it's it's disappointing that we have to sit here and look at it of at face value that a lot of these clubs now where they are in the leagues we can kind of say they're not tainted but they're in some sense a tiny bit false not because they don't deserve to be there but because of the fact that they are there on the virtue of a club losing points and you know in the end of the day we, we knew something like this was going to happen. I think a lot of people in the league were feeling that would happen and it would affect greatly all the sides that participated against them this season. But unless they prepared for this eventuality, some of the you know difficulties that Torquay, Stockport and co have gone through in this part of the season wouldn't have happened. And I think, like you said, Torquay are probably the best uh, the best example of this, they were top of the table and leading by a convincing margin a few a month or so ago. And suddenly, from being outright favourites to going to the EFL as champions, they have suddenly dipped hugely from, from where, they were, where they once were. And that's through no fault of their own. It's not because they're about, they've, they're, uh, they are in a difficult situation. All that is that a bad team. Good teams go through hard times. You struggle in matches. They have struggled in a few. They will feel though that this is another, you know, another kick setback. I do think though, like you say, Tom, they have enough games in hand, like Sutton do, to make up the ground. But the more this, the longer this season goes on, 
the more we will see things transpire. Also, Notts County gaining an extra spot. They still have a big gap, but news this week, obviously, they sacked Neil Ardley. They brought in Ian Varshan to become manager. Morris Ross, a friend of the, of the show, who's only on just this week, is now joining him at the club. So that might just be a big stepping stone for them, knowing that they've not, now they've lost uh, they've got a game back from losing earlier this season. That for them is a huge advantage in terms of trying to push for promotion. If at best, getting that advantage of playing a semi-final at home. But as I said, it's the tall order for some of these clubs to try and get away with get away with it at the moment. But at the moment, Sutton are there on virtue. They've deserved it on the unbeaten run they've had. And I feel they and Hartlepool are the biggest beneficiaries today. Uh, without me being meaning to sound so uh, like so detrimental to the opposition, but they're the biggest beneficiaries today of this resolution, and ultimately, there's only so much you can you know you can say about it. Yeah, uh, something uh, just to echo your thoughts, Ahmed. Something with, was always going to happen, and yeah, it's it, it's a tough one for those clubs to take. As I said, I don't think they'll they'll be really angry at Dover. They understand the stance Dover took. I think they'll be more angry at the, the National League just for the whole situation, you know, why Dover got there in the first place, really. I think I think that's where I think a lot of those clubs' anger um, will be towards. But, yeah, it certainly spiced up uh, the, the table a bit. And, yeah, actually, just on those Knox County appointments, um, I mean, I really like Neil Ardley, and I think... A lot of the fans did as well. He, uh, you know, watched his um, post-match interview after the draw at Yeovil the other night. He was very honest. Um, you know, he, even though it was a point where they came back from the end, he was like, "We still, you know, he was still so annoyed they got they put themselves in a position that they could only get a point." Um, and yeah, the the, the club have, have, have taken a, a decision to to go more of a, a different direction. You know, I, th- I think Ian Birchnell and you know, Morris Ross will be a very interesting combination, both with Scandinavian backgrounds. Um, I'm a big fan of Graham Potter um, in the Premier League and, you know, Ian, Ian Birchon obviously succeeded him at Ostersunds. So, um, if he can get his teams, uh, you know, if he can get Notts County playing football like Brighton do in the Premier League, Notts County could be a great watch. And, you know, Morris Ross, we had, you know, the po- go and check out that podcast, uh, Not Like Two Extra podcast, by the way, it is fantastic. Morris is one of the great upcoming football minds and he's the perfect partner for Ian Birchnell and I think that's going to be exciting times but also I'm quite sad for Neil Ardley as well I, I really like Neil and he's handled himself for class he'll still be gutted obviously they didn't go up last year got defeated in the playoff final by Harrogate and you know I thought they still had a chance this season but clubs make brave decisions Notts County got big ambitions and Ian Birchnell fits the model so well maybe they thought it fits the model they want to go you know the direction model that they've got more, more better than Neil Arley did and yeah um, I wouldn't maybe say legendary status but what you know what an impact um, you know Ian Birchnell can make if he could take them up if Ian Birchnell could take them up to that to that next level that's what they're looking for um, it, you know it could be marriage made in heaven the, the football could be the football I think it has the potential to, to be great to watch. It's going to take some time, but yeah, that you know, just having Morris Ross by his side and you know what he was telling us, uh, it's really, really exciting. I, I can't wait to see the impact um, that they're going to make in Notts County. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, as Tom has spoken so highly of Morris, and obviously, Birch, uh, Ian Burchell will be a very keen appointee for the owners over at Notts County. Having a, a mind like Morris uh, and uh, of the of the nature of of footballing knowledge and how candidly he spoke about the game and his time in Sweden, honestly, it's a great listen. And I think Notts County fans, you'll get a big idea of what the virtues of his game will be with Ian's if you listen to that podcast. I honestly think it's a terrific listen, and for us, it's a big scoop because we didn't think he'd actually get on to. Mm. The, um, the, the, we didn't think he'd get the job so soon, but 
it is incredible uh, that, that the, the last few days, the way it's transpired, he's led, it's led on to him getting the job. So if you want an idea of what his mentality is and what you, you could see from Notts County in this season, because by, in my opinion, if they get a run together, they're definitely a team that will threaten the top spot in the league. Even though Sutton are very comfortable at the moment, you can never discount Notts County with the depth that squad has in being able to put a run together and maybe threaten the top two spots in the league. Because who knows, if they do it this season, it's an outrageous finish. It'll be an incredible comeback from Notts County. But even if they don't make it, I still have them as overwhelming favourites, along with Wrexham and Stockport to be at Wembley. One of those, two of those three will be there and we'll see who gets the opportunity to be in the National League from the EFR next season with whoever finishes first. Nothing's guaranteed. But honestly, it is a great listen. Please give the Morris Ross podcast a listen. We think it's the, it's the biggest one we've had, just by coincidence, not, because, not by guest choice, because of how important he is now to the scale of the remaining part of this incredible story that we're in. Uh, but yeah, just quickly, Tom, we spoke about Bromley quickly and Neil Smith's uh, departure after defeat to Sutton this week. They've now gone further down. I think the club may have hinted at the fact because of the Dover uh, situation, maybe they knew before anyone else did if the, the National League had corresponded with these clubs about the points deductions, that this would be the case. I don't think that would have been the final decision of him being sacked, but do you feel that it would have been related to the fact they just haven't been as strong this year as they were last season where for a little while they were in the hunt for automatic promotion. Yeah, again, it's actually interesting that the managerial changes have been made by the, the, two, the two teams that were occupying playoff spots. Obviously, Bromley would have had in mind about the points deduction. Um, I, the reaction I've seen, it was a very surprising one. Bromley had a very poor game the other night, obviously, against Sutton. But to be fair... What I'd still say, what a job Neil Smith has has done there, and just for this, just looking at this season, I feel like they they still could have easily got in the playoffs. Um, but sometimes clubs take those decisions where neutral will look at it, thinking, "Oh, why they sat dimly? You know, you know, they're still points wise, they're still closer." Maybe the club are thinking differently and thought, "Well, we're seeing this. This actually, they don't think it's going to turn around." But I mean, you know, looking at you know, Neil Smith's achievements. He led Bromley to their first Wembley appearance um, when they reached, obviously, the 2018 FA Trophy final. Uh, Omar Bugel starting that was obviously starting up front for Sutton this season. Um, he's also led the club to 10th, 9th and 12th place finishes in his full seasons in charge. Um, obviously, the club ended last season 13th uh, on average points per game. And, yeah, you know... Smith said he still believed that the club could have finished in the playoffs, um, you know, given that they were in seventh place, um, you know, post uh, the Sutton game and, and, and when he obviously got sacked um, this week. And, you know, he, he feels disappointed. He couldn't, he, you know, he couldn't finish what he felt that he'd started as a club and, and obviously what he'd started this season. Um, but I think he looked back very you know, proud of his time there. They've, just, they've established themselves in the National League. They competed with some big clubs and often, you know, got the better of them. For example, you know, good example is victories over the likes of you know, Leighton Orient and Notts County, to, to name a couple. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, Neil said that they're, they're certainly two of the top highlights at his club. Obviously, you look at the proudest moment, you know, as I said, take, taking the club's the FA Trophy um, and 20,000 supporters there as well to back them. You know, what a memorable day. And that's a day Neil Smith, the players and everyone associated with the club and the fans that were the 20,000 fans out there and those who are watching or Bromley fans all around the world, what a proud day that would have been. Neil Smith was the, the man to lead them to that. And I think he stabilised them really well. And yeah, I can understand his disappointment. He'll feel like I've really built something there. We're a solid club and now we're really pushing to go. Yeah, I think he has a case to, to fill. Um, hard done by, but as I said, Bromley, you, you can't deny they have dropped off quite a bit the, recently. Um, obviously, actually, 
we spoke about on the previous pod this week. It's funny how football can turn like that. Um, exactly. You know, we, I, I was thinking Bromley could go on a run. And Neil Smith still think that despite the defeat. But the club have thought, well, actually, look at the overall run we've been on. It hasn't, hasn't been to our liking. And, and you know, they're making the... In the club size, I'll see this as a proactive change. Maybe think so they're not sitting there at the end of the season. You know, if it was to go, if you know, if it was to go badly on the Bromley, they might think, well, we thought this at the time, but we stuck with Neil and it's gone wrong. We should have made the change earlier. So, you know, these are big decisions you make at football clubs. But again, Neil Smith, um, another manager who I admire a lot, like like Neil Lardley, and I'll tell you what, they'll definitely get back jobs in, in the game. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Two managers I respect very highly and have achieved a lot. With the clubs, um, with the you know departed from this week, and they, they can hold their heads high, and, and and also like you look at the comments, they were so well liked by the fans as well. And they, you know, they were getting wished, you know, all the best of the future, and 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 that's the, one of the biggest connections you can have with the supporters. What the supporters think your time there, and have you have you left something for them that they'll always remember and think about? And, and I. And obviously, I'd say Neil Smith especially, but I think that, you know, Neil, Neil Ardley to, to stick with Notts County after the relegation. He did take it to Wembley, obviously, with no fans there. And unfortunately, they did, they did lose. Neil Ardley, you know, virtually couldn't take Notts County back up, which is a big game. But I, I still think he can hold his head high. And obviously, Neil Smith stabilising Bromley. He will look at himself as one, obviously, the, the, the smaller clubs and compared to some of the giants in the league. And, yeah, what, 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 you know, I think Bromley look at that as a really good period there under Neil Smith. And, you know, obviously we spoke about Notts County's uh, appointment. It's interesting now what Bromley are going to do next. So let's see what the board have got up their sleeve and who's the next man uh, in the dugout, Hayes Lane. Yes, uh, it is a disappointing news to hear. Uh, I say it with a chuckle because, I, for irony, I worked at Wembley the day Bromley made it there. Uh, to beat Rocky Town in the final. Yes, they fell short ultimately, but the raw atmosphere that day from the Bromley fans was infectious. It was incredible. And the sheer number of them that turned up as well, you could tell they were there to support that, their team through it. And for the entire 120 minutes that on that balmy afternoon, uh, at Wembley, you could you it felt a bit like Real Madrid were there to be honest because the sea of white, it was almost Los Blancos style, uh, of uh, Los Blancos style football that they that I was thinking to see because of how much support they had. Ultimately, though, it's sad that it transpired in that way, but I think it's his proudest moment of his career. It was a shame he couldn't get them into uh, the playoffs now season and then further on this season, but. I feel like he, he should have been given until the end a fair crack at it. If he didn't make it, then, you know, you do what you do then. But for this to happen now, maybe the owners, not just of Bromley, but of Lots County, are thinking about having that strong finish to the season. Because, yes, the points gaps at the moment that they have with Lots County, as I said, 14 points off of top spot, and then Bromley being a further 19 off. But... In terms of the playoffs, they just need they just need to win tomorrow, and they're back in the top seven. Results pending, of course. So yes, they've dropped a big, large amount of positions, but I think they're just thinking about in like you know in their heads, like just dreaming of a fifteen match un, uh, unbeaten run to get them into the top seven, or for Notts County's case, to win the league. It's a tall order, but you just don't know. I think. With the nature of this league, a lot of other sides will have a say in that. And you can't discount Hartlepool with the home form uh, that they're on right now. And who knows what will happen, really. It is yeah. weird, none the wiser. Yeah, it's certainly. just been, it, it's been a polarising day on non-league chat. But that's it from us. Tom, thank you again for joining us here in Promptually on Friday night. Uh, it's a major inconvenience that this happens. But, you know, football, eh? Yeah, uh, another roller coaster of events in uh, the non-league world and particularly the National League. So, yeah, the the show goes on though, and yeah, interest to see how now now how those results uh, are going to affect things, and you know how how will clubs react? So, phew, all all to play for. Still got lots of games to go. Um, I still think there's more drama ahead, and. 
you know, stay on the not not like two. We're gonna be uncovering um, as the you know events unfold, uh, you know, every week. And yeah, there should be some more crazy ones. That's for sure. Absolutely, and we're excited to cover it for you. Quick, obviously, quick plug before we sign out. Again, we urge you to listen to Chris Commons and Morris Ross podcast, especially with the news this week with Morris Ross joining the Bertram at uh, at uh, Notts County. So we're keen, you'll be keen to hear of, of if anything his points of view about how he, he considers football, his philosophy, and what you could see. Not exactly, he won't directly say it because at the time we won't know about the Notts County role, but you may get a hint of what his playing style is and what he can bring for Notts County in the final few weeks of the season. So we urge you, Notts County fans, to have a look at that. Uh, we also have, we had the Chris Commons podcast last week and again, centralised on Scottish football as our esteemed superior Greg Clark seems to cover. He uh, loves these Celtic men and Chris Commons a great listen. Much experience at league level as well as at Celtic, and he spoke about and again not county related part of the development system there. So you get a thought or two about his point of view. And uh, big, another scoop: we have an Hemel Hempstead manager joining us on Monday. Lee Bircham, he'll be with us on the Not Night Two platform. So instead of our overall weekly show, uh, which we'll we'll try and record and then stick out to you on the same day on the same Tuesday afternoon, we'll try we'll do that first and then. We'll give you our weekly dosage of the review of all the games that have taken place in the National League. But for me and Tom, thanks a lot for joining us on this impromptu show. We hope it has fed you with the information you needed to know. But again, our sympathies go out to all the teams in the National League North and South have been affected by the National League sanctions today and to Dover, who unfortunately have been slapped with 40k tonight. It's not nice, but... <sighs> Really, we just need a bit of change at the top. And the sooner it is done, normality will hopefully start to precede itself. But until the next one, everyone, have a safe, have a good weekend. And if you don't know now, now you know. Take care, everyone. Good night.